Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that's bringing a voice to the growing number of millennial pagans in our brand of witchcraft, magic, practice, and worship. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jara Stone. How are you doing today, Autumn? I'm all right. How about yourself? Um, I've been better. I've been worse, but all in all, life is going on. Sounds great. Well, today on our episode, uh, we will be discussing the Sabbath Lugnasa. We'll also be talking about a couple of current events that are happening in our community, including the blow up with Z Budapest and also reactions to Hexfest, which happened last weekend in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that there's a couple things that happened with that that we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into. Right. Discussing yeah. and understanding like what we should do as people who attend these types of events. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be great, especially because, uh, of course, we have our pagan pride day coming up yep and pagan pride day will be happening november 3rd we're actually going to be really lucky the head of pagan pride phoenix is going to be with us in studio coming up soon nice so that'll be nice we'll get to hear from her not only about pagan pride phoenix but also how to start a pagan pride in your area and what the organization of pagan pride is so that'll be pretty neat cool something to look forward to oh yeah all right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's just dive into it. All righty. Well, Lugnasa, since that's what we said we'd talk about first, mm-hmm. is the first of the Harvest Sabbaths. It is usually around August 1st, and it derives from the name Luke, originally an Irish god of many stripes and colors. Mm-hmm. He was a warrior, a smith, and a um, just what we would normally call a Renaissance man, essentially. One of his main original stories was taking down the first pantheon of Ireland or the Irish cultures, and that was due to their oppressive nature. So he's considered a champion, a light bringer of sorts. Right. And he was also apparently a partier. And uh, his stepmother, who was the queen of the old gods, the I believe they're called Durna. I might be pronouncing that wrong. And I believe her name was Tuluth Darna. I could be, again, pronouncing that completely wrong. The angry emails can go straight to Millennial Pagan Pod's email. <laughs> or or not necessarily angry emails, but, you know, just, just tell us how to pronounce it. Yeah, give us sound bites. Yeah. We'll actually add them to the ends of um, maybe our our Patreon exclusive episodes. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, as I was saying, his stepmother was a very honored goddess. She actually plowed the fields of Ireland and made them flat so that, well, she didn't plow them. She just made them flat and able to be farmed. Mm-hmm. And because of her, we have the harvests as far as Irish culture is concerned, because she did make those fields farmable and therefore the humanity can farm and sustain themselves. And Luke, in her honor, created a festival or a feast day. And somehow his name got tacked onto it and not hers. I mean, he he is kind of the partier, so Hmm. probably wanted to be a little bit more in the limelight than than she did. Champion of humanity or champion of the gods Mm -hmm. i guess but one of the things that i found amusing was this year while i was on twitter there was a lot of discussions about how despite the fact that this celebration was set up in her honor it's luke that we remember and it and up until this year i really didn't know anything about toulouse so it was nice to 
turn around and get some of that knowledge and go, okay, here's a goddess. Let's bring her back into the forefront and not just have her as a footnote in those all of all of our intro books. Right. So um, I know we did we did something a little bit different this year when it came to Lugnasta. Yeah, we did. We kind of stepped out of the reclaiming uh, tradition because out here in Arizona, there's not really a gathering with uh, with the reclaiming tradition for Lugnasta because it's the beginning of August. It is very, very hot, and typically a lot of our tradition traditional gatherings happen outside. We did not want to do that. No, usually. So in the past, before you came with us, Lugnasa, if we did anything, was a pool party. Right. Um, and there was a specific word that they used for that. And it was specifically because we're not going to really do any real ritual. We're just going to have fun. And it followed the the Sonoran Wheel of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, that just didn't happen with reclaiming for whatever reasons. And so we decided to look at some of the other traditions in the valley. And the Grove of the Rising Phoenix, which is a druidic grove that also honors and is open to Norse or Northern belief systems as well, had their ritual. They also apparently play with water (laughs) during Lugnasa because for some reason when it's 108, we don't want to just stand in a circle under the sun. Exactly. But I I do have to say this was actually my first venture uh, to the Irish Cultural Center. Oh, how did you like it? I enjoyed it. I love that venue. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful venue. I wish uh, we would have, I would have been able to go into the uh, the little cottage that they had there. So when they have open houses there, which are typical, that's actually a weaving cottage. So you'll uh-huh. see a lot of like home crafts of a 18th century Irish family would do. So you, they have a loom there. They also have some like cooking utensils. I think they have a brick oven that does work. Nice. I'm not 100% sure because I haven't been there in over a year when they had that open up. But yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, if if you are in the Phoenix area, um, it's definitely something I would I would recommend. Even just mm-hmm. just whenever, honestly, uh, just make sure it's open to head on over to at least so- see something a little bit more about the the Irish and the Celtic uh, uh, culture. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. I like it there. So, what the Grove of the Rising Phoenix does differently than people that I've circled with uh due to it being hot we were actually inside of the big hall of the irish cultural center and they because they've been doing ritual and doing magic on that land for the past 22 years they don't open circle Mm -hmm. they also don't want to uninvite certain spirits or gods they have the feeling of the gods are a little bit stronger than you so if you close your your doors and they want to come in they're going to come in anyway right so that was interesting to me i found it amusing because then that didn't mean all of us had to be up and formal but it also kind of broke um the getting into spirit and then getting into spiritual zone for me as well I'm, I'm glad i'm not the only one that felt that okay <laughs> yeah it, it, it was it was a little bit different just kind of going it, it, it seemed more like a like a party rather than a a traditional circle right for, like a, for me at least like yeah. a, a group gathering as opposed to an actual mm-hmm. religious ceremony yeah yeah okay yeah i agree I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still very enjoyable, mm-hmm. but 
definitely out of the norm. Right. And because we were inside, we were all sitting at um, tables and we actually sat at probably the farthest back (laughs) table. So we had a lot of um, hearing problems. Mm -hmm. And what I liked was during the ceremony, they go through, they do call certain spirits, they do call um, certain elements as well. And then they pull a tarot card and they pull a rune and then they explain what the tarot card means and what that means for their celebration. They uh, also explain the rune. They give the runic poem to that rune, which I liked. And then they explain how that rune fits in with their community. I couldn't hear half of that. And I yeah. I was really sad because that was pieces of knowledge I kind of wanted to get, grab a hold of. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was really nice. I think they should have uh, utilized a sound system. Yeah, I don't know if they have that available, though, for um, what they're paying to use the cultural center. Yeah, that is true. So that might be one of the the downfalls of using such a gorgeous venue or Mm -hmm. such. Um, One of the things they did after that was they played games, which is a typical Lugnasa fair. When the fairs in the olden days happened, they had pretty much Highland-ish games. It wasn't the Highland games per se, because those happened during essentially the Irish Olympics, I like to say. But they were probably the same games, archery, um, just feats of strength. Feats of strength, feats of agility, Mm -hmm. uh, feats of talent. Right. And the way that the Grove did it to work with the heat and the snoring desert was they were water games. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of water balloons and such things. I, I did help a friend who was a little worried about playing by herself and went and played with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids had a lot of fun when, with theirs because it was for the kids. It was all out battle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do have to say something that, that was a little bit different was there were a lot more kids than I'm regularly used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and, and I'm, I'm talking like from the ages of like three to 15, 16. So right. and, and it ranged everywhere in the middle there. Which, honestly, was actually kind of more of a breath of fresh air as well. I I have two notions for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked seeing kids being involved and being interested. Um, I, a lot of the younger ones weren't parented. Mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic. I went to church every Sunday with my grandmother. And I knew when was playtime and when was not during yeah. church. And that was um, a problem. I think... All of those kids there were promised water games. Uh, they yeah. did not then want to sit through ritual before water games. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's no fault of anybody's parenting. I don't have a kid. I can't tell you how to parent. But it was just it. It was kind of interesting to me because we were at a place where there was multiple kids in our area that also helped with the not being able to hear. Yeah. Being easily distracted. So yes and no. I liked. Yeah, I, I mean, liked it and didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, if 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 they would have been a little bit more more reverent for the uh, for the ritualistic side of things, mm-hmm. I think I think it would have definitely would have helped out. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to but, say that all the kids were misbehaving. There right. were some kids who were behaving quite well, extremely well for all age ranges, and there were some, even some adults who just weren't behaving very well either yeah. too. So I mean, you you take it and leave it when you come to those kind of things. But it was just it, it was something that I realized and noted and went hmm <laughs> too. Mm. So yeah, but I mean, it was it was still kind of uh, kind of interesting, especially when when the kids you know finally did 
go out and play their water games. Mm -hmm. They were, they had fun. Right. Which was was good. Yeah. And it was nice that they went first and that they got to have fun. And then uh, right after that was feast. So literally the kids went and had fun. Then they got to come in and eat. Mm -hmm. And it worked out. Um, Except for some of the smaller ones who were hungry before the ritual even started. And they were already done by the end of it. So, Mm. Which uh, actually part of the ritual, we actually did have a little bit of, uh, uh, of a food mm-hmm. aspect to it we actually got some traditional uh irish soda bread right yeah they did cakes and ale in the ritual as opposed to just at the end which yeah. um is kind of more traditional for paganism mm-hmm. um i sadly popped into the restroom and then couldn't find where you were pointing at where the soda bread was <laughs> so i was just like i walk back and i'm like oh i missed it and you're like it's over there i'm walking over there i'm like He's lying to me. I don't know what he's talking about. And I turn around and like sunshine's pointing over there. I'm like, <laughs> so I but, came back empty handed. Yeah. But I, I, I will say uh, having traditional soda bread and having soda bread that friends have made. Mm-hmm. This soda bread was very. Um, I don't want to I don't want to use this word in a bad connotation, but bland. That might have been because of the amount of people who they were yeah. serving, but yeah, no, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in which even even they said the ones that that actually uh, put it on, they said they were not expecting this many as many people no. as went. No, so they they had like a specific number of tables set up, and they had to add. I think it was somewhere close to five extra tables. No, I agree. Um, one of the things that I told them was that I felt like it was advertised better. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, it was advertised the same way. And I was like, well, the difference is that beforehand, I didn't see any of that on my Facebook page. Now mm. I'm seeing it on my Facebook page. I don't know whether that's because now I have a separate Facebook page for witchy stuff and witchy stuff's coming at me. But the fact that I'm not the only one who's new, right. I didn't advertise it myself. So I can't say that I'm the reason you boosted. Obviously, there's something else organic going on. Mm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, even even before you came to me uh, saying, hey, we should go to this, I actually saw something about it, and I was like, oh, that would be kind of a cool thing to go to. Mm-hmm. So, And then when you said something, I was like, okay, so I guess we are going to this. <laughs> well, you don't have to go. Well, no, I just no. sent the inter- invite. Yeah, no, it, it was it was one of those things. It was kind of like, a, like a, oh, that would be cool to go to. And then when, when you said something, I was like, Okay, I guess I should go because, mm-hmm. you know, something's telling me to go that I, you know, that I, I kind of had a more of a feeling towards. Right, right. And I enjoyed it. It was uh, what was interesting to me was we both went to the Phoenix Pagan Pride Day um, volunteer meeting right beforehand. And it's right down the street from that. And when we got there, people from the Pagan Pride volunteer meeting were there but then there was more people there and like more people there and like people that kept walking in were like oh autumn oh hey autumn and then my one friend who is a bard who constantly calls me amber is like amber and like three people were like it's autumn and i'm like (laughs) he always does that he's like i don't know why (laughs) so it's probably how he was introduced to you um i don't know what it was uh At, at, at least mentally yeah he always wears amber on him and mm-hmm. i think because of the red hair and i'm like but when it's actually autumn season i'm like my name's the season or it's the season or it's me time <laughs> so i i try to make the corny connections to autumn right that and if you look on pinterest during autumn it's like it's red hair season and i'm like yeah. yes it is 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I, I got to say that the there's only the the biggest I don't want to say complaint, but the mm-hmm. but the the uh, the biggest thing that I I would criticism cri- criticism that I would give them um, when you do have so many people. Mm-hmm. Be a little bit more flexible and probably move the altar to the center of the room so everybody can hear and see what's going on. Yeah, that would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe something about being next to the hearth was important. I mean, yeah, that 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 could also be a a big reason. Too. Yeah. So I I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we do have plans on returning to Grove of the Rising Phoenixes Samhain ritual, mm-hmm. which will be the day after. Pagan Pride. So right. if you are a Patreon listener, you want to listen to November's Patreon pay, Patreon exclusive episode. So if you're not, you have until November. And we'll talk about Samhain with them and our thoughts and feelings about Pagan Pride then. So yeah. if you want to hear our follow-up from Samhain with Grove of the Rising Phoenix, mm-hmm. then you want to l- get on our Patreon page. Yep, definitely. Um, but all, all in all, uh, I do have to say it was um, it was nice being able to venture out and try something new. I agree. Yeah. I had fun. And I, w- I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of friends that I do have and the amount of support that I have. And it was nice to see that and to see that I... I- I do have a little kind of community out here. Yeah. It makes me happy. I didn't have that back in Georgia, so it's nice to have that now. Yeah, it's it's definitely nice, and uh, I'm glad that we do have people in, in different circles as well. Yeah, I, I definitely want to take away that that was something that I'm harvesting mm-hmm. during this harvest season, so it was nice. Yeah. And and meeting new people too. We met a couple of new friends there as well, so that mm-hmm. was nice. A lot of a lot of felt fellow kilted brethren. Oh, yes, true. Yep, there was a couple of gentlemen in kilts. Yep. I'm actually surprised nobody asked you if you were wearing traditional. Oh, they did. You just weren't around. Uh, Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Which which I I was when I got there. When did you sneak pants on? Well, no, no. You mean when did I sneak them off? When we were were at uh, at the planning meeting, I was wearing something underneath. Oh, Okay. On the car, right. on the car ride over, things happened. I don't need to know about that. What? I just took my underwear off. Moving on <laughs> to our current events, let's talk about Z Budapest's current um, limelight reasonings. I guess. So I, I have to admit, mm-hmm. this is one thing that I didn't actually uh, read up on a lot. Okay. So why, why don't you go ahead and. Uh, Enlighten me as to what's going on. So I would have loved to have Sprig and Phoenix back for this conversation, especially Phoenix. But due to their own life happening, Mm -hmm. uh, they sadly weren't able to join us. So I'm going to try and do as much justice and respect to this issue as possible. Please let me know if you are a community member who is affected deeply by this and your thoughts, feelings, anything that you want to share. Again, sound bites, guys. Send yeah. us sound bites. We're happy to send them off somewhere. Um, questions, comments, concerns. So, Z Budapest, mm-hmm. one of the elders of neopaganism, essentially. A student of Victor Anderson, originator of California Ferry tradition, what reclaiming branched out of. Huge feminist in the 70s 
an older friend or older witch, I should say. She's not technically older, but she's older in the tradition. Mm-hmm. friend of mine that I said something about to this was like, but she's a super feminist. And I'm like, yes, I know. And she's like, but no, she's a super feminist. And I'm like, I get that. Um, I actually do own a book of hers and I read it and enjoyed it and to recognize the feminism that's going on in it. About two years ago, she was at PantheaCon and she was offering a women's, I do air quotations, circle and it was supposed to be open to all women. Mm -hmm. She closed the doors before the ritual started because she wasn't allowing women who are trans. Right. Uh, she said trans women aren't women. And said they are not allowed in my circles. She practices Diana Wicca. And her circles are naked. That's what she said. Okay. Trans women aren't allowed in my circles. Closed the door. And a lot of people responded at Pantheacom by singing songs outside of her door. With a positive type protest explaining, hey, you really hurt a lot of our feelings. Pantheacom responded saying, hey, you can't do that in the future. You need to let us know what these boundaries are because you can't say it's open to women and then close your doors on some women. That's not nice. Um, she came out and said she apologized for the hurt she caused. And that was it. So life moved on. Mm-hmm. I do not know what actually stirred it. But from what I have gathered is that somebody asked her something about her private circles, Z Budapest's private circles that she does with her coven or her group. And she publicly stated that she still does not allow trans women in her circle. She publicly stated that in her belief and in her history trans women do not show up to classes or other events except for when other women are naked in circle okay so in other words her impression are trans women are only there to see other women naked yes so of course the internet blew up Mm mm-hmm for good reason. Not just because of her statements where everyone's like, well, yeah, you said that in Pantheacon. Okay. But because so many people came to her defense and said, yes, ma'am. Yeah, let's. Yeah, totally true. Honest. Yeah. And so the rest of the world's like, what? Wait. Yeah, th- Whoa. It was like Trump all over again. All these people coming out of the woodwork, believing the same exact nonsense. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's. Okay, now that that is actually very surprising to me. Yes. And a lot of the people were saying, turning around saying, well, they're not coming to your classes because they know you're transphobic. They're not coming out to your meetings or your groups because they know you're transphobic. In other circles, they're coming out. They want to be included. Mm-hmm. Trans women are women. If you were going to have women world or women time, yeah. all women are invited. Yeah. So that's kind of where this all started. Mm-hmm. Certain groups, um, certain traditions have come out and put in their two cents. Reclaiming a reclaiming group in Mississippi has posted a actual statement online that you can sign electronically, stating yes, you agree with it. Where all women are women, all circles are open to all. As far as reclaiming tradition goes, we are open and available we work really hard towards making sure everyone can come and worship the goddess in a reclaiming circle right 
which I mean that should be secondhand, firsthand knowledge, right? When it comes to anybody who studies, you know, reclaiming or or even Wicca in general. Right. Well, as we've talked before, we yeah. have a lot of homophobic people, but so this was kind of the first time where a, a feminist in neo-paganism has turned around and said, that's not my feminism, sort of, Yeah, I guess. And there is a term for it. It's T-E-R-F. And T-E-R-F stands for Trans Exclusive Radical Feminists. Okay. And so a lot of people are coming out and saying, Z, you are a trans-exclusive radical feminist. This is not okay. This is mean. This is cruel. And the people who are defending her are saying that trans women are destroying all the work feminists have done. That that is the ultimate sign of essentially male privilege. Mm-hmm. And to be able to turn around and say, well, I'm going to be a woman now, that you get both sides of the coin. And I'm going to be kind of frank. Your personal group, if your group is okay with that, you close your doors, then when you come out in public, you go by what the public does. If that's how Z wants to handle it with her group and her group is totally fine with being T-E-R-Fs. Sure. But yeah. But when it comes to going to PantheaCon or having an open circle out where other people are invited to come, it should be what the populace is. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just that's mind blowing. No, and uh, I I I yeah. totally agree. Uh, and you know what? Call her out on it. Say you know what? This is what you are, and because of that, we're not going to do business with you. We're not going to buy your books. We're not going to work with you magically. Uh, we're not going to follow you on social media. Do what you want to do. Uh, I believe the phrase is actually "Do as thy will, harm none." Once you start harming people. Mm-hmm. Then the community can turn around and say, you know what, we're not we're not going to actively harm you, but we're not going to help you. Yeah. And so now that we know who she is and who is with her, mm-hmm. that's the next step. We just silence them out and let them be who they want to be in their own closed doors. Yeah. And eventually, hopefully, um, a lot of people are commenting that... TERFs are of a certain age. Hopefully, those those ideas will die. Yeah, along with the time. Yeah, no, and and I I just got to say, you know, on the off chance that somebody has Z Budapest listen to this, I just hope you realize that number one, you are harming. You are harming, and you're going against what paganism, what Wiccan, what what we truly should believe and what we do believe and i hope you realize the fault in your ways and i hope you change your mind and if you don't that is your prerogative but just know that there's a lot of people that you have hurt of course and you know what i don't care what your stance or belief is if you're going to hold a public ritual and you're going to make it open and you have certain parameters Mm -hmm. You can't define those certain parameters on what a person used to be. Yeah. You can't define those parameters on what a person is going to be in the future. Who they are as they stand in front of you as you open that circle is all that matters. Yeah. 
if that person is a woman in their heart right that second or that minute or that time frame, if that is their solid belief in where they are right now in their life's journey, then they belong there Yeah. at certain aspects. They need your experience. You're offering an experience. You're offering something to the community. The community needs it. Mm-hmm. And if the community doesn't need it, it will stop allowing you to do that. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. On on that note, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. And uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, dive in with a couple more things. Yeah. All right, we are back with Millennial Pagan Podcast, and uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, some happenings that just, uh, well, I guess just happened (laughs) (laughs) Uh, down at uh, HexFest. HexFest, yeah. So last weekend from this recording date, uh, which would have been August, right before August 15th, 2018, HexFest happened in New Orleans, a dream. Yes. Again, subscribe to Patreon if I haven't said it a billion times today. <laughs> um, anyway, this is, I believe, the third Hexfest in New Orleans. The first, if you follow Wild Hunt, you might remember the first one was in 2015. They had a little bit of a problem because, well, you're going to have something in New Orleans. You might want to have it on a riverboat. Mm-hmm. And they had one secured perfectly ready they knew what they were getting into and apparently the owner of the riverboat went wait um witches <laughs> Demby witches not on my boat so he was like nope sorry uh can't can't have it on my boat wait 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 okay so you're you're a a boat owner mm-hmm. in new orleans mm-hmm. and somebody contacted you to set up Something called Hexfest. Well, not only just Hexfest, but the opening ceremony of Hexfest. Yeah. The opening ceremony. You'd think they... And, and you agreed to it. And you signed a contract to it. Signed a contract to it. And then before it actually happened, you said, nope, because they're witches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn be witches? No. Not on all my boat. Yeah. No, uh, why are you in New Orleans then? That that's kind of my question. I'm a little I'm gonna be honest, astounded that all of this is happening in New Orleans. Apparently there's a lot of people who do not like their um actual reputation as being New Orleanian. Oh. Or it might just be people outside of New Orleans coming out from all the bayou areas of Louisiana, being southern and all, I might know a thing or two about living in a town that's actually open, really close to a town that's actually really, really not. Mm-hmm. So they scrambled. This was the first year that Hexfest was open. So they were like, whoa, first year opening ceremonies screwed up already. What do we do? A beautiful riverboat called the Creole Queen went, hey, hi, we're fine with you. Come mm-hmm. have it on here. And it actually worked out for everybody. Uh, apparently the Creole Queen was larger, um, mm-hmm. a lot more spacious and beautiful and open obviously and it went off without a hitch the rest of the year perfectly fine last year perfectly fine uh the original steamboat was the not jizzy not jizzy 
A-N-A-T-C-H-E-Z. Natchez-E. Natchez-E. Again, if I just pronounce that completely terribly, <laughs> sound bites. I don't know. I, I, I just like the way that sounds. Natchez-E. Natchez-E. Not nachosy. Nacho easy. Yeah, but um, the lovely Creo Queen this year is under construction, so she was not available. Very sad. Fast forward to Hexfest 2018, and the month before the actual fest, July, there was what was called a call to action flyer published in the Catholic website Spirit Daily. This call to action was written by a lady named Cynthia Helmet, and she is supposedly a member of St. Mary Magdalene Parish in Matare, which is nearby suburb of New Orleans. And specifically, this call to action said, uh, and I quote, please help us pray for the end of all witchcraft and occult practices and rituals that offend God and that the hex fest will be stopped. All rituals be rendered useless and that the evil one may be thwarted in his efforts to lead souls astray. Uh, This flyer goes on to describe the protest actions, which was organized to be a series of prayer circles uh, at the church in this close by town to New Orleans and held during the same weekend as Hexfest, which, by the way, since I didn't mention the dates, was August 10th and August 12th. This call to action didn't mention actually showing up to Hexfest and protesting, and the organizers were alerted to the call to action. The organizers of Hexfest were alerted to this call to action, and uh, one of the organizers actually sent a letter to the church saying, hey, just so you know, this we're not devil worshippers. We don't do that you not i mean like you're not yeah. you're not gonna hurt us as if you're doing it way over there but just let you know this is what we're actually about and then there was apparently a cordial response that was like sure uh on my part i'm sorry that this came about according to what um the church officials wrote my only hope was that our people pray for what we perceive as offense against god and the first commandments where god asks to be the one everyone chooses to love first okay whatever <laughs> Cordial come back, back and forth. Sure. Day of Hexfest. Dun, dun, dun. A uh, student group called the TFP Student Action, which stands for Traditions, Family, and Prosperity Student Action Group. I'm guessing from a college. We're going to go with St. Louis Cathedral. Actually protested. Mm-hmm. Right next to the St. Louis Cathedral, which is across the street from where Hexfest was. Okay. Some of the signs seen at the protest included Catholics reject Satanist Hexfest and also do not permit witchcraft and the occult trampling our Catholic heritage. Oxymoronic statement, but okay. You're across the street. Yeah. We're not really touching your church. Yeah. Rubbing our paganism. Yeah. And and uh, the the thing that I find uh, find interesting about this is this is coming from a religion that uh, has their leaders diddling little boys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I went there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In Pennsylvania specifically, there's what two hundred something like that being called. Um. All right. Anyway, you would think it would just stop there. No, that's just the beginning. Uh, most of the people visiting for Hexfest, were staying at a hotel, um, Bourbon New Orleans Hotel, and woke up to find a protest flyer under their hotel room door. 
Um, this protest flyer says, Welcome to New Orleans. The city has been taken over by the saints of the true and living God. All witchcraft, sorcery, hex, spells, voodoo, magic, and everything else pertaining to Hexfest is rendered powerless by the blood of Jesus Christ. All portals are blocked and there are no access to the demonic realms. The angels of the Most High are surrounding the city and you cannot prevail. Your only hope is to accept defeat and surrender your life to the one, capital O, who created you. The choice is yours. Light or darkness. Heaven or hell. God or Satan. Well, I'm, I'm glad that they, you know, blocked all the uh, satanic portals because, you know, all the other good portals were open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also put in two different uh, pieces of Bible literature, uh, John 3.16 and... Colossians uh, 2.15, yeah. So this flyer was distributed Friday night and appears to come from the Catholic conservatives. And, you know, I'm sorry, that's plain harassment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, if it was me, I would be very uncomfortable and very concerned if I woke up and found that in my hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, because the the fact that I mean, if they if they just now, now my my question is, did they blanket the whole hotel like every yes. single room? Yes. Okay. I would be a little less scared if they if they blanketed it rather than actually like finding out who was here for Hexfest specifically. Mm-hmm. But like, so but still, I would be yeah. I would be uneasy. So it was the con hotel like it was the hotel that the con was saying hey everybody go to yeah so it would be like if say phoenix comic con which normally says go to these three hotels because Mm -hmm. we're in these three hotels if that happened to those three hotels specifically uh, the majority of the guests are going to be going to hex fest yeah um so that kind of concerned me uh the wild hunt which is where i got most of this information actually stated that the hotel manager did not make comment and to me that's actually a bigger concern um working in security i would not allow that flyer to be distributed i would have found if i saw them walking the halls during the night i would have told them to leave they need yeah. to leave um so the fact that the manager isn't saying anything that the manager hasn't said security caught them and asked them to leave at this time didn't know how many flyers were distributed it was evening we weren't going to bug our patrons and maybe said that we had more security the next night something to that effect to make their guests feel more welcome or more comfortable i would have been okay with but it wasn't okay the fact that they didn't say anything as a business concerns me and to be perfectly honest makes me not want to stay there if I ever get the chance to go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So that, um, as a security professional, upset me. Right. And and rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. I, I wouldn't, I, I would be very concerned. I'd be very upset. I would have been going down to the hotel desk and gone, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. why did you allow this to happen? I want to speak to your security manager. As a person, if I was running Hexfest, I would have been like, I need to speak to your security manager now. This is not okay. You need to make sure this doesn't happen. Our guests aren't comfortable with this kind of action. I understand you can't do anything at the actual event because it's not on your property or the protest isn't happening on the property of the actual event event either but this needs to not happen again yeah the fact that they that they went somewhere where they they, where they absolutely knew people were going to be who are attending that in and of itself is is 
And I'm going to say it, batshit crazy. No, oh, yeah. No, it, it just enrages me as a security professional that that, was, uh, that that got to that point and that they're not turning around saying, hey, our bad, or mm-hmm. saying this is what we did at this point, um, or apologizing to HexFest in some way or manner that even when I scrolled through HexFest's website, I didn't see something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would think maybe I should check the website of the hotel, um, but anyway. Yeah. Moving on, then, of course, they had protesters at the actual site of Hexfest, and apparently they stayed there until about two, and then the rain started, and they left. So, it, for the most part, it was peaceful, it was loud, it was annoying, it was obnoxious, and it makes people uncomfortable, but for the most part, nothing really came about it other than that disturbing letter that's not okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, it, that's. I mean, it sounds to me like somebody made it rain to make the protesters leave. That's true. That's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and 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 all 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 joking aside, it could have been you know one of one of our deities, or it could have also been God Himself saying, "Hey, you guys are being assholes. Stop it." Right. Yeah. It could have been the. I mean, it just depends on who you are. If you if you yeah. want to put the Christian God out there as a possibility. Maybe he was like, hey, you know, I told you all to love one another and mm-hmm. uh, the first and stone cast should be by a non-sinner. And you know what? Y'all are sinners. So, yeah, rain. Yeah. It's also New Orleans. It rains. That's true. <laughs> so that, that's my that's my thing. Unlike here, it does rain there randomly yeah. for no good reason other than perspiration. So the important thing about that that to take away for all pagans is that, uh, like we said on our last episode, with Lugnasta comes pagan events. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of us start about the harvest coming together and saying, hey, it's about to be Samhain. Hey, it's about to be Yule. Let's, like, make friends and plan shit and do yeah. stuff. And obviously we're going to have our pagan pride here. So one of my concerns, again, yeah. as, as a security minded individual what happens when there are protesters right well i mean didn't uh didn't you kind of write something about that on a little blog thing you got going on oh yeah on iron wolf circle i believe i wrote a a, a blog um back in 2016 gods i need to fix that uh maybe update it a little bit and how to handle protesters at a pagan event mm-hmm. um one thing I want to say that ha- one of the reasons why it's actually making me think more after Hexfest was Pagan Pride Phoenix is really working hard to be more out there, more uh, better promoted mm-hmm. so that we don't get the, when's Pagan Pride? Oh, it was last week. Yeah. Thing I mean, going on. So. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely, and, and I say we as in the, the planning committee, uh, definitely going to try to make this a lot uh put this out there in places that it's never been before oh like a brand new podcast exactly so um with that comes the fear of well if we're going to be more out there than other people who aren't going to be sympathetic are also going to figure it out so that's one of the reasons why i think it's very important for my local community to know and for the outer community to know um as a whole, I think the community should be along the lines of we want to be seen in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, when things happen in the media and the news, like that f- incident in Florida with the full moon murders, we don't want to have the sheriff come out and go, I think it's a Wiccan-related murder. We don't want that. We, yeah. we want people to have an already idea of that's not what neo-pagans do. That's not how we want to be seen. 
so that those things don't happen. For the most part, even the bigoted people have a basic understanding of Judaism, have a basic understanding of Buddhism, have a basic understanding of Islam, of all the other big five religions. Well, in America, we're one of the big five. Yeah. And that means that we should make sure, and it should be each one of us who's out there in the community's job to have a good image. It's sad to say, but we're not well known. We have some backlash to work through. So we need to make sure that if we want to be seen and respected, that we act in a way that will be seen and respected. Yeah. I'm not saying take your horns off. I'm not saying take your fairy wings off. I'm saying speak eloquently. Do not get pissy with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, be better than the enemy. Um, the way that I talked about in my blog post to be better than the enemy is, well, when you have the protesters outside right there at the entrance, even if they're across the street, they might be as close to the entrance as possible. You're going to get newbies coming to your event who want a an event that they can learn about that might be scared. And when they see these protesters, maybe it's a good idea as a person who is creating the event to have a couple of people by the entrance walking newbies in. Yeah. Being available, being obvious, being not bothered by the protesters, not jerking them on, not yelling and screaming at them. So Mm -hmm. that's one of my first things is walk in and ignore them as much as possible. Do not give them the fire to keep talking. Yeah. And help others walk in who might be terrified of them. You don't know. Somebody might be terrified. They might pin a person who they see as a smaller stature to the point where they don't want to go to your event anymore. But they should be able to get there. Yeah. And we're not even going to talk about how that's wrong. It might happen, though. Once it gets to the point where protesters are affecting the event that it you are paying for space for, then you can actually get the police involved. And once that comes to, then again, you still have to talk eloquently. You have to not get angry, not get violent. And you have to tell the police in a calm, reserved, respectable manner, This we paid for this space. Mm-hmm. These people are disturbing us and making it so that we cannot continue our actions. We are here for this amount of time, especially if it's a public space like a park. If it's city property, you say, we paid the city for this space. We understand that they are allowed to be here and protest, but they are within our space that we paid for, and they are not guests of our event. Can you please escort them to a place where they can continue their actions? Can you please... Talk to them about their noise level in a manner because we do not feel that we can have a effective discourse. Right. And even if the cop is going to be like, oh, well, you're crazy witches. When you talk to him like that, he has no other choice as long as he is actually wearing the uniform as a legit person serving the community to go and do what you ask. Now, if he's going to be an asshole, then that's another question. I mean, we do have, we know there's bad cops in the world. Yeah. And they give every good cop and every good security officer and every good person who's just trying to do good a bad name. And we hate them. Trust and, me. And in and, and that case, I mean, I, I, would, uh, I would go ahead and ask for a badge number and then ask for a, uh, a different officer to, uh, to come, whether it's calling. Or even requesting of the officer that is in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you can always call 
back dispatch, non-emergency number whenever it's not emergency. Now, once protesters do become verbally or physically violent, the best thing is for attendees to get out of the way. If you are not part of the original scuffle and you do not see yourself being able to separate the scuffle, if it's a fist-throwing match, if it's a full-out dog pile on somebody, if you do not think you can separate them, if you do not think you can gather enough bodies to separate the fight, you get out of the way. Mm -hmm. You call 911 and you get out of the way. And once it ends, you give whatever aid that you are educated to give. And that's the best I can say. If you see a friend of yours that started the fist fight, don't lie to police. Mm -hmm. They'll figure it out. Somebody somewhere is recording it. Somebody somewhere saw what really happened who has nothing to do with the event. Just walking her dog. And she will say who started it. Somebody somewhere is going to be honest. Why not it be us? Yeah. And if you say, well, yeah, this guy started it, but then five of these protesters jumped him and now he has a broken nose and they don't, or he has a broken leg and a broken nose and what, who knows what, or they started it and now we ended it and yeah, they're hurt more, but they started it. Mm -hmm. They came in on our space. A couple of other things I talked about, I've heard last year of a pagan pride that protesters actually walked through the pagan pride zone and protested loudly ignore them Mm -hmm. is the best thing i can say do not give them fire the moment you give them something to shout back at they will stay and it frustrates me to no end because i see so many people in our community ready to fight with them and to try and teach them the wrongs of their ways they're they're here Mm-hmm. they're already riled up they're not gonna listen you know I, th- this this is gonna sound completely stupid but it it works mm-hmm. um there is a simpsons episode which is a treehouse of horror episode as well mm-hmm. halloween episode where all these giant advertising uh monsters came into town and what was the most effective way to get rid of them just don't look but there was there was a song actually just don't look mm-hmm. and the monsters died but they went away right and it's the same way like you know a lot of the ghost movies or the ghost um shows they'll say once you acknowledge it, it gets the power mm-hmm. it's the same way with protesters the moment you acknowledge them they gain power the reason why these people at Hexfest left at two o'clock was because they had nobody to discourse with yeah nobody was screaming back at them and you know you can raise your horns, do something quietly, but don't sit, don't don't stroke the fire, is what I say. You know what? You're not there for that. Mm-hmm. You're at Pagan Pride to be pagan and be prideful and enjoy your community. They're not part of it. They'll leave when they realize that they're not invited. They're not. In, nobody's interested in their message. Yeah. And nobody wants to talk to you. What is a problem with that is if they are physically pushing their way through the group um so i also say do not try and make barricades with your bodies like if that's just the way that the the traffic flows that it makes it harder and it looks obvious like natural traffic that's fine but do not make barriers to try and make them move because they will become physical they will try to push through you it will be a game of red rover red rover and we just don't we don't need that kind of publicity the best publicity is the publicity of oh there was these protesters here and nothing happened 
Yeah. Or um, when a newscaster comes up to a witch and says, hey, there was protesters here. How did you feel about it? Well, it wasn't nice. Uh, I, I, I felt personally hurt. It wasn't cool. But you know what? They moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't here to try and fight with them or, or, or nobody wanted to deal with their negativity and they realized their negativity wasn't welcome. They moved on. Yeah. That is the best kind of publicity. And we can turn around and say, you know what? We're a peace loving earth worshiping group. That's what we're here for. We're not here for that. Yeah. And that's the best publicity. So just keep that in mind that it, if, it comes down to it. What's the view you want of your event, um, of your community, of yourself? Yeah. Lastly is the the scariest one. When a protest, when somebody who's protesting is in the crowd of protesters and recognizes you or you recognize them. Could be anybody. Could be your neighbor. Could be somebody you work with. Could be your grocery checkout person that you see all the time. But once you recognize a face and they recognize yours, that's still scary. You're it outed. Is. Not not everybody in the community is out of the broom closet. No, not at all. So, I, I mean, I, I don't have any good words to say to minimize that fear. At least at the event, attempt to enjoy the event still. If they start following you around the event, that's when you go up to the um, the guest table and you tell them, hey, this guy's following me around. Can you please let me stand here with you until he leaves? If he continues to badger you, that's harassment. Call the police is the best mm-hmm. idea I can have. If it's a coworker, they see you, you see them, nothing said there, but then it becomes a problem at work. Then it's time to start bringing it up to HR. Yeah. It's like my activities outside of work should not affect work and this person's bringing them in mm-hmm. um it's a protected thing religion's still protected people we just had this whole entire episode on the law so go up to your hr and say this is something that i do outside of work i don't bring it into work he is mm-hmm. i i need him to stop yeah. and just keep escalating it i mean uh, Worse comes to worse, you might have to transfer you're the one that has to move because of the bigot and i I'm sorry for that. I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen is somebody recognizing you or you're outed because of television or something like that. And um, the yeah. best way to do it is work through the channels that are available. Um, don't go off the rails with it. That's the best way. You never know. Um, recently, not, well, about a year ago, I saw a, a clip floating around Facebook of a news Uh, Fox, of all places, interviewing a Wiccan who her doctor told her he could not treat her because she was a Wiccan, um, was very disrespectful to her and her husband. And like she was asking about certain treatments for her or her child or her husband. And the doctor pretty much just scoffed at her, made fun of her. So she went to the news, to to Fox News. And I was astounded by how respectable this Fox News channel was to her. Like, they allowed her to speak clearly. Hey, this is my religion. It shouldn't have anything to do with how he's treating me. And I I never threatened or said anything to him. And I bet you his practice went down. Mm -hmm. Down in the drain for that. There's allies out there that are willing to back up things and i'm sure there's people who are still perfectly fine with going to his practice but and she said her piece and he probably lost patience that's true could could have happened 
So that's my my two cents. I hope some of you uh, agree with me. Yes, there are times to turn around and fight for yourself. Sometimes the best fight is the fight through the channels you have access to. So learn your channels. And and remember, there is a difference between throwing the first punch and self-defense. Yes. Again, um, we say, do as thy will harm none, but take no shit. Mm-hmm. And that just means don't cast the first stone same as what the christians should be believing in is don't cast the first stone everybody has shit they're dealing with but also don't at let somebody else throw theirs on you yeah yeah so. no, i completely and wholeheartedly agree well let's move on uh, events as of today which is august the 19th this will be coming out august the 22nd second um mercury is out of retrograde. Finally. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> and a- across the community, a sigh of relief. Now your shit is your own fault. No, <laughs> actually, um, Mercury, once it gets out of retrograde for the first few days, it's even worse. Yeah. It's going wacky. It doesn't know which way it's supposed to go. What way is up? It's like when you first wake up, it's like... <gasps> Fuck. Okay, now I'll get moving. So give it a few days. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, Mercury will working be working its way through. Um, if it's in your sign, you're going to be more affected by it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the 26th is our next full moon. Mars, the action planet, will be out of retrograde on the 27th. So if you felt a little sluggish, you're trying to get things going, that's probably Mars causing it not to work. So Can, it, Yeah, that, that, that explains a lot about my, my, my work situation right now. Yeah, so like if you're trying to sign contracts or get classes going or things like that, and you're like, I'm just going to wait until Mercury's out of retrograde. Mercury's out of retrograde, and you're like, these things are still not going as fast as I want them. It's Mars. Mars is actually going to be really, really sluggish. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, he doesn't get really going until September 18th, I think, is what I read. Mars, Uh, get your shit together. Now, Aquarii, we have Mars sitting with us until apparently November. This is good and bad, because... Mars has been in retrograde for like the past month. So we kind of feel the sluggishness. But once Mars gets going, uh, shit's going to happen for us. So woohoo! And it's going (laughs) to happen fast. The next Pagan Phoenix Pride volunteer meeting is going to be the first. So go on Facebook if you are interested in that and are near. Our newest Patreon supporter is Annie or Anne. If I pronounce that wrong, please feel free to chew me out. And correct. Yes. So, but thank you very much to, I'm going to go with Anne because it's A-I-N-E. If it's Anne E, I'm sorry. And thank you very much. If you're wondering if you want to join ranks with Anne and the rest of our Patreon supporters, what did they get? Uh, well, you get, of course, the monthly mini-sode, which mm-hmm. is a Patreon exclusive. Just us talking about some things that we didn't feel uh, should be in a full-length show, but still things that need to be need to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we have some wonderful stickers and buttons that we want to give out. And that's our $5 a month supporters. So if you can maybe sacrifice $5 to helping us out, we definitely need it. I know I've been pushing it really hard this episode, but as Pig and Pride comes closer, we really want to make sure we win that uh, best dressed booth. 
and show those pictures off on <gasps> da, 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 Instagram. Yes. I have an Instagram now. Well, the podcast does. I'm just running it. <laughs> so you can find Pagan Millennial Podcast as Millennial Pagan on Instagram. I know some of you have found us already. Thank you so much for your positive feedback. Mm -hmm. I hope to continue to provide just mediocre pictures on Instagram for you. (laughs) You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and our email. Our Facebook and Twitter are both Millennial Pagan as well, or Millennial Pagan Pod, Millennial Pagan Podcast. You can find us through all those. Our email is millennialpaganpod at gmail.com. Jarrah, where can they bug you? Uh, Of course, you can always bug me on Twitter. At Jarrah Stone, J-E-R-A-S-T-O-N-E. And you can find me, Autumn Wolf, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, I am Autumn Wolf. Wolf ends with an E. Twitter, I am Autumn Iron Wolf with no E at the end. And WordPress, I am Iron Wolf Circle. You can find that blog that I wrote back in 2016, as well as a couple of other blogs. I hope to be publishing one within the next month as well. I cannot hold any promises yeah with 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 mars being in retrograde yeah Yeah. wish me luck everybody (laughs) i might type something up soon so well uh, i guess that's it for this one so uh merry meet merry part and merry Merry meet meet again. again push stop yet.